0: Well, I do love the Sundays where I get to not be the only young man on the stage. So this morning, I invite Jordan Vesa up to preach for us. And Jordan, just let me pray for you as you come up. Father, thank you for the gifts that you give and that you are able to equip people who are unable to do anything apart from your strength. So I just pray now for Jordan as he preaches from your word that you would use his words by your spirit to impress is that we need to hear um, that you would convict and encourage challenge us through his words and that you would be continuing to form us more into the likeness of your son amen Okay, good morning, New life church i uh, the first service is good because it can uh, be labeled as like a practice service. however, uh, to my joy and excitement, it seems like many people have just had a desire to be back together in community with one another and to be back. In the congregation in person. So the first services aren't really a practice service anymore because they are extremely full as well. And I did the first service, I was extremely nervous. My neck was red the whole time. And then I finished and I was like, okay, the nerves are gone. We're good to go. Second service, copy paste, no problem. Now I'm extremely nervous again. And uh, (laughs) my body's getting hot. And when I think about the nervousness itself, I wouldn't say that it has anything to do with having to speak. Um, Just public speaking is a huge gift that I have from God, and I have no problem talking and relating to anybody that's in the room. But the nervousness tends to come from feeling unworthy and feeling like, God, who am I that as somebody who lived his life day to day this week, who sinned, who fell short of your commands, who was disobedient in certain callings, uh, who am I that I get to sit here and I get to proclaim your scripture to your people to further the work of your kingdom uh, and to lead people into deeper, meaningful relationship with Jesus? So there's obviously going to be nerves involved with that when you're serving, but it's good nerves. And I'm very grateful and humbled to be here this morning before you to deliver scripture That fits in line with our Advent Servant series and to just be picking up where Daniel left off last week. And I'm sure you can tell from the carol we just sang, O Holy Night. But the the scripture or the text from the lyrics that I'm going to be highlighting today is, Chains Shall He Break. Uh, that sense of unworthiness or our sin or the distractions in our day-to-day life. These all become chains and burdens for us that hold us back from serving God and obeying his commands and being able to love other people. Uh, and as we struggle with ourselves, we can turn to scripture and, and God makes it very clear um, that we are worthy and that he has done a work in us through Not just the birth of Jesus that we tend to highlight in the Christmas season, but also through his death and resurrection and what that means for us today. So, I believe that Christ's death and resurrection was always God's predestined plan to bring us back in right relationship with him, not for our benefit alone, but for others. Last week, Pastor Daniel pulled joy to the earth from joy to the world to highlight that Jesus' mission in coming to earth went beyond reconciling solely to God, but reconciling all of creation. Today, as we sang O Holy Night, we'll be highlighting Change Shall He Break, and the goal of this message is to illustrate how Christ's coming breaks down barriers between people and within people to ultimately instigate positive social change, transitioning from the brokenness of the world into community in Christ, and how we are called to serve not only ourselves, one another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, these are your words um, that you've put in the notes. This is your scripture that you breathed into the Bible, and I am but a vessel here to distribute a message that you created, and I pray for each person that's present that they would receive and hear exactly what they need for them today and that this message would affect their week to come and their Christmas season. And that they would be able to just turn their eyes towards you, free of distractions, to hear all the goodness and the blessing that comes with having a relationship with you and what Christmas means to us um, through your son Jesus and his birth. And uh, I just commit this time to you. May you bless it and use it only for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as much as I am a loud guy and an outgoing guy and I have no problem communicating with other people and I excel in big groups uh, I must admit that I've always wanted to just be simple and have a simple life and I never wanted to be famous or be in the spotlight or be some person of high status Uh, my my goal when I was younger was always just to be comfortable Uh, I just want a small house that's nice and quiet, that I can just chill in the background, and I don't really get challenged, and I don't really get burdened, and I was kind of lazy in the sense that I was somebody that didn't want to be challenged for beneficial growth. I was like very quick to become content uh, and to be okay with just being, yeah, like I said, just content and comfortable and not really being pushed by God um, through challenges and when I was preparing for the sermon and the chains that he breaks and the barriers that he breaks down and my personal desires of wanting to coast and having my life on cruise control, I started to wonder, is a comfortable, peaceful life, free of burdens and speed bumps, actually possible when following God? Uh, and I saw this in my own personal testimony as I got older. The things that I went through were never easy. And everything that I planned for my life got turned upside down because God would come in and he would say, I have plans for your life. And I went through all these challenges and these growing pains of understanding that you actually don't want to be comfortable and you don't want to be content because where there is trial with Christ is where joy is and peace is and understanding. And that is where we are abundantly blessed is when we are able to go through hard things but say, God, I trust you above myself. And it's not about my plans and the things that I want for my life, but knowing that if I serve you in the way that you have called, you are going to honor that. Um, And you actually do say that we are worthy. And yeah, so it's actually the desire to be comfortable was just a personal change that I put on myself to limit how God wanted to use me to impact others. And we put all these personal chains on ourselves that limit us um, from, from loving all the people around us. God blesses us in abundance. So this is my first time using slides, so we're just going to see how this goes. I might have to get, thank you very much. Oh, I skipped ahead. So Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. When I read that scripture, uh, I'm very quickly drawn to just focus on the you aspect you know, God has plans for me. He doesn't want to harm me. He's, he's focused on my future. And that can tend to give you a bit of inward thinking. What do I want to do? What should I be doing? What does my future look like? Uh, they make us feel good because there's a lot of blessings in that, knowing that God has plans. But using that keyword of you can trap us uh, into thinking that it's just about us. And uh, Satan's always going to try to blind your discernment into thinking the work that God does is for your own benefit and we can tend to do that ourselves by fitting his blessings in, in his gifts into our day-to-day life to keep us happy. Uh, we can take the mentality of, like, we work hard for what we want, and, and now we have it, so the reward for our labor is just to benefit us. Um, I think about even in a season such as this, what we've been able to notice in the financial structure of society has been negative to most of us. Like, groceries are going up gas is going up wage increase is stagnant uh and we can tend to take this mentality of like okay now christmas it's the most expensive time of year what do i need to cut like am i going to tithe less so that i can buy more gifts am i going to what's it really going to be about uh am i fully trusting god with everything he's given me or am i trying to take control of that and use it for my own benefit i would like to switch gears here and say the life is about communication interacting with the world around us and the people in it, the same way works for God. Being in constant communication with him and his people and the desires that he has for his world. And as much as we read scripture, we must also be tuning into his voice. Um, So when we read passages like Jeremiah, we know that it's so much more than just about us. And if you aren't in tune with God's voice, a lot of scripture could sound selfish or even individual as, as we said, my plans are to prosper you. I am giving you a new heart. It is by Christ that you have been set free. The Lord is my strength. Uh, these are all good things, but we have to ask ourselves, what is the purpose behind it? Is it for us or what? You, you don't need to turn to these scripture. I'm gonna go through a chunk of verses really briefly here just to highlight that point. Um, so just bear with me here. Romans 8, Verses 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. 2 Corinthians 9.8, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you. So a lot of you's in there. Okay, I want you to do a mental raise of your hand. This isn't for showmanship or to make us feel good, but just, has everybody heard of the Great Commission? Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, where it talks about go and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey in the ways that I have commanded you. Um, we can we tend to forget about that being the mission that God has in store for us. That verse is all about other people. And I'm not here to convict you, I'm not here to make you feel selfish or guilty. I do believe that conviction without correction will lead only to corruption. So my hope in convicting you is that we can bring this servant together and give you answers and clarity to that. Because if we all know what the Great Commission is, and as followers of Christ, we should all know that, I wonder when personally the last time it was that we told a stranger about Jesus Christ. There's no high horse for myself either. Uh, Again, it goes back to those feelings of unworthiness all week. I know that God has opened doors for me at times to share and be an impact, and I've refused them, and I've done my own thing. Um, But if we go back to those verses that I just went through, I want to let you know that those six scriptures I read, I only read half the verse. The first part talks about the you aspect, but let's go back and let's finish those. So Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So I appointed you a prophet to the nations. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you because he is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Philippians 2.13 finally says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So if we're not in tune with the Father, we can kind of think that the blessings are for us. But Scripture is very clear that, that us as followers of Jesus, as members of the body, we have a mission, we are instructed, and it's not for our dreams or our future, but it's for God and his good pleasure. So the first chain that we need to break down or that we need God to break in our lives is the desire to be comfortable. The reality is we have a king, we are members of a kingdom, and we have a cause and a purpose that is defined as work, and we are defined as servants. We aren't also kings. We aren't also gods. We aren't powerful. We aren't strong. These are things we tend to want to believe about ourselves. But the truth is we aren't. We aren't righteous. We aren't blameless. Our desires for ourselves are not good, but that's good news because it means that only God is all of these things. And it allows us to just trust wholly in him. So the verses that I read were not complete, but we see that it all relates back to Christ and what he has planned for our life. God's goodness shines the greatest when his commands are being obeyed. So, I wonder what would be the most fitting scripture in a time like the Christmas season. And I think it goes back to the greatest commands. Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39 Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. To love God is to serve Him, for we act as a response to the love that He has for us. Loving your neighbor can be very hard. We even think about how Pastor Daniel brought up the Christmas hampers. That is a very good thing to do, and yet we can be stuck trying to think of people who actually need our help because we get so caught up in what's going on in our lives. And it's again, it's not to guilt you. It's just to turn you to the fact that that there is a need beyond ourselves. And we we actually are in a position of benefit because we have Christ. We have the cornerstone. We have somebody to lean on. There's people in our community that don't yet have that. They don't yet know that. and and it can be hard, and, and there's grace for that. Especially for a sinner, I think it would be impossible to love others. Like why would you love a stranger? What have they done for you? You don't understand them. Why waste time trying to? You have enough stuff going on in your own life. You know you look different, you may speak different languages, you act in different ways. How can I love what I am not familiar with? How can I love what I fear? I think a lot of times we we inhibit the work of God because it's our own fear that is getting in the way. So I have a friend here. Her name's Ariel. It's great to see her face this morning. I asked her permission to share this story uh, just to give a real world example. I remember when I started doing street ministry out of Calvary Temple, I did it all out of fear. And I remember one evening, we were on the streets and we were in a smaller group and Ariel was with me. And I actually was there just to check a box of like feeling good about being like, yeah, God, I'll put myself in an environment to serve you. Not that I'm actually going to act on it, but just that I know I need to be doing more. um, So I'm just going to show up. And that made me feel good enough. And during the night, I was actually being a distraction. Uh, Being someone who's outgoing and bold, uh, I drew the focus of the group into just things that I wanted to discuss because I didn't feel like, like doing street ministry that night. I wanted to just sit and talk about other things. Uh, and I remember we were all sitting and it had been a long while of not being productive and, and wasting the time that we had committed to serve the Lord. And and I remember Ariel, she just, she dipped out of the group and I turn and Ariel is gone and she's approached a large group of Muslim women and she just starts telling them about Jesus. And And I remember being so impacted by that uh, and, and just feeling so, so ashamed that, that, you know, I was taking away, even from other disciples, the work that God wanted to do. And, and Ariel was there by herself with a group of people that she would never relate to, who would have no business talking to outside of Jesus. Uh, and I remember thinking, the only way that she could have approached that group in any way, except out of the love that she has for them as sisters, as a direct response to the love that she receives from God. And even though she didn't know them, even though she may not have been able to fully understand them, uh, God was able to show them through her and her obedience that he loved them and he had a plan for them, and, and that he was greater than the fears that we might have, uh, and stepping outside of that comfort zone. Just to make it personal, I remember for myself when I was in the Amazon, sharing the gospel was an incredibly difficult thing because... You had to translate it across three different languages, and, and you needed a lot of patience and endurance, and, and I didn't necessarily have it. And again, it was that thing of, of just acting out of fear, uh, but we just trusted God fully, and he used us, and, and people came to know Jesus. And I realized, I'm like, could I have been beneficial to a people group that I didn't understand Unless Christ was the one that bridged the understanding with the purpose of revealing Himself to them, as He had already done for me, all of the work that Christ actively does in your life that you receive as blessing is to be used to be poured outward so that other people can experience it as well. Uh, I often wonder if if we all just found Jesus on our own, or or was it because somebody shared Him with us uh, because of the love that they had for us and they wanted to see our eternity secured. So the first chain that needs to be broken is the one of desiring to be comfortable. The second chain that needs to be broken is the chains that we carry of fear aside from simply a fear of the Lord. Oh, what if I'm sharing the gospel and they ask questions I can't answer? What if they grow angry at a topic? What if I pray for a miracle and it doesn't happen? I'll look like a fool. If our trust is truly in God, as we read in the earlier verses of him being our strength, and leaning not on our own understanding, and knowing that his plans are for good and not to harm, then ifs can't exist. Any word of if is simply a lack of trust. And I only share this again, uh, not to make you feel guilty of the things that you're not doing, but that I am right there with you. I spent so many years loving God, but living in fear. And I had split groups of friends I knew I could talk about Jesus, and I excelled in those groups because they grew my faith, but then there was other groups of friends that I had where I never mentioned Jesus, and actually, like, having best friends for years that didn't even know that I loved God. And there was all this fear that I had because when I was in high school, I wasn't necessarily popular. People definitely didn't want to be like me, um, but I was able to be relatable to everyone. And there wasn't someone I could meet that I couldn't get along with. And I carried all these burdens of how will people write me off. Even for my best friends, I knew that they would support me no matter what and they would love me. But I I got convicted in thinking, how would they feel if the biggest part of me and who I am was something I was too afraid to share with them? They never got to hear about Jesus because of my own personal fear, because I lacked trust in God. Um, And three years ago this fall, uh, I stood boldly for my faith, and I made a YouTube video called The Truth About Me, and I just proclaimed boldly my faith, and and I wasn't able to look back after that. And it's not a matter of telling people where you stand so that you can be perfect going forward so that you can keep up this constant approval from them. It's simply about saying, I know I'm not perfect and I can never be, but the closest thing that I can get to joy, the closest thing that I can get to purpose and a meaningful life is Jesus, and he has done a lot for me. Uh, and there was never room to look back. And also, when you stand boldly for your faith, it puts you in a position of accountability before God and his people, to others who, who knew the way that you desired to live as a servant of God. My my friends that I was sitting with, that I was partying with, that I was doing everything that I knew I shouldn't be doing with, they never knew to check in on me because they didn't know where I stood. They didn't know that I actually struggled with that stuff. And, and Christ is not something for us to hoard or, or to to hold back any good thing from other people as Christ doesn't hold back any good thing from us our testimony is our story but it is a tool used to benefit others and when I shared it I was boldly taking a stand and the craziest part about it is none of those fears that I had before standing boldly for my faith ever came to fruition I never lost a single friend. I never lost a single follower. I never got rejected for my beliefs. People didn't walk away from me or question me or curse me because I was proclaiming to be this righteous person that they, they had seen in sin many days before. The only thing that happened when I took a bold stand for Jesus was people respected my, my standing and it opened the doors for God to use me in their life. Friends started asking questions. We started having deep, meaningful conversations that we never had before. And it was God that's solidifying that we can trust him with everything and he is never gonna let us down. And we are to obey his commands. Them understanding that I was truly happy without drinking, without drugs, without pursuing women, without pursuing any personal goals of wanting finances, that, w- that stood as a witness to the freedom that is found in Jesus alone. And it leave, left them wondering why. Like, wh- why is he happy? You know, we do all these things that we define as what makes us happy, and he, he doesn't do any of that. He just says, Jesus, and, and he's far more content. He's far more patient. People wonder why, and, and you're able to witness to people without even putting in any effort because it just comes through you naturally when you're, when you're bold and you're saying, yes, Jesus, like, you are my life. Every good thing in my life can directly be attributed to Jesus. And I challenge you to think about that as well. When you think about the bad in your life, how much of it can you actually blame God for? And when you think about the good things in your life, would you actually be able to say that you have them because you gave them to yourself or because it was provided for you by our Heavenly Father? He is good, and he broke the chains of fear and selfishness so that I could have joy in him, and my hope would be the same thing for you. The third chain that we need God to break down in our life, is the idea that we are broken beyond repair. God doesn't want to use us because we've messed up too many times. We failed him and he, he doesn't have any more chances to give. He's out of grace for us. We, we do sins that are darker than ones we did before we knew him. How, how would he draw us back into his presence when we know him now, but we're acting out worse? We are unworthy to impact and serve him. God doesn't want to use me. I sinned yesterday, and now I'm sitting on stage preaching the scripture that I disobeyed yesterday. What, what place do I have to be up here before you, right? Well, I think, again, that's a false narrative, and, and we're going to turn to scripture now because I've done enough personal talking, but I want to highlight um, some verses here that accurately depict the, the idea of being broken beyond repair and how that's actually just a lie from the enemy. So, I'd invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to go through verses 17 to 24. Uh, And this is God just speaking directly to that point through his word. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, or you can replace the word with sinners or people apart from Christ, in the futility of their thinking. Uh, we'll see if this works this time. There we go. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Let's see if I can go. I might need you to help me again. Sorry. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That ha- oh sorry, I think I got it. <laughs> my apologies. We just got to go back. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. So, again, We take on these things in our our current day that we struggle with and we're challenged by and we make that our identity over the identity that we, we are free in Christ. But notice how scripture here is talking in a past tense. That was your former self. To put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So, God is saying, You are holy, you are worthy, you are righteous. I have redeemed you through the birth, de- death, and resurrection of my Son. Even if you struggle, that's why I'm there. What, what would my life, what would God's life be for us? What would Jesus' meaning be for us if we could just forgive ourselves and get over it and move on and not have Him as our cornerstone? You aren't broken beyond repair because the truth is, church, you're a new creation. When you came to know Jesus, he filled you with his Holy Spirit and and you actually died to your old self and your old ways. And all those fears that you have, all those anxieties that you deal with, all the things that keep you from experiencing Christ fully and serving others is actually a false barrier and a fabricated chain that's simply just a lie from the enemy trying to bring you back to a place that you were when you were without God. But you know him and you have him and he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. So you can trust him and understand that you are worthy. Just to drive that point home a little more, let's flip a few pages back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. It says, Therefore, remember that formerly, again past tense, you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, again, past tense, excluded from citizenship in Israel, or unworthy, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, today, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ For he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility? By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So you'll notice your old self, your sinful fleshly self, has no relationship with the new. He has combined them to be one for his good one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He died on the cross for your fears. He died on the cross for your anxieties. He died on the cross for your what-ifs. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners, So what is God doing? Is God keeping a checklist of all the times that you messed up to say like, hey, hey, listen here, let's not go backwards? Absolutely not. All God is saying in his word is that you are a new creation and you are constantly being built and grown for his good works. And everything that he does in your life, whether you sin one day or you're, you're sin free the next, is, is honorable and you are worthy and you are a part of his kingdom forever. And there's no room for doubt and there's no room for shame Uh, because He is the one that has called you into His presence because He loves you and wants to know you. Everything that He gives you. How can you be your broken self when you have a new heart, the forgiveness of sins, a new body, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you? You become a member of the body of Christ. You get an understanding of His will, the commands that we strive to keep, the conviction that also comes with the grace. God has already given you everything to be worthy. Here's the main point. Instead of thinking that you are broken beyond repair, you need to realize that you are repaired beyond what's able to be broken. Instead of thinking you are broken beyond repair, you need to realize that you are repaired beyond what's able to be broken. Even if you slip along the way or continue to have struggles, there will always be an abundance of grace to cover and a conviction through the Holy Spirit that will bring you back to a place to be used by God every single day. I'm almost finished here. I just want to go through one block of Scripture that drives everything home. So it's in Philippians chapter 2, a few pages ahead, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. I know it's a lot of scripture and it's a lot on the screen to follow, but the reality, church, is that's just God talking to you. And uh, let's lead. So therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father There's a quote by Dr. Charles Stanley and it reads our intimacy with God is his highest priority for our lives because it determines the impact of our lives So I will ask you will you and your life have zero impact because you desire to be comfortable will your life have zero impact because you fear things before God alone? Or will your life have an impact because you are able to recognize that God has broken every chain so you can freely serve Him and His people so that all may know Him and experience life everlasting, bringing heaven to earth today? I think about just people in the community and the Christmas season, and there are a lot of chains over the Christmas season. I mean, I see most of us here with somebody, but I think of the people that, you know, they celebrate Christmas alone. They're in a home alone, uh, or they're sick, or they're stranded somewhere because they're not able to make it to their family because the weather knocked out their flights, or Or the weather actually knocked out my my sister this morning from being able to be here. She was coming home from Toronto. So there's a lot of chains and there's a lot of burdens and there's a lot of things that don't go exactly as we would anticipate. But do you truly recognize today that nothing is too big for God? And submitting to his will shall break those chains and replace your doubt, fears, concerns with peace and understanding. Not so you can be comfortable but so you can extend new life to others through the unconditional love that God has for all of his beloved creation. When I think about every struggle I go through, the only thing that gets me through is Jesus. The only thing that keeps me grounded is my faith. The only thing that causes me to grow in wisdom and knowledge and and to actually enjoy life uh, is through knowing God and, and I just think of the amount of people that have to deal with stuff apart from Christ and, and how small of a thing would it be for us to to extend the love that we experience in Jesus to them, especially over the holiday season and uh, so get those addresses out you know let 's get as many Christmas hampers to people as possible let 's make sure that we can spread love as New life Church as one body that 's being built and it 's called honorable for the glory of the kingdom. Uh, Let's make sure we make a point this year to do more for others because I talk about Peru all the time. The trip trip changed my life and as fun as it is to go overseas and do short-term missions, I love the idea that was spoken here about how the people that need Jesus the most are next to you. They're in the house beside you. They're in the driveway adjacent to you that you wave at when you're mowing your lawn or shoveling your driveway or whatever it may be. Um, So I ask you, how does God want to use you to be that light? And what chains are you currently putting upon yourself that's hindering that from happening? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to encourage your church. Again, conviction only comes with correction. And it's not about what we're doing or we're not doing, God. But it's simply about what you are always doing working everything together for our good. And as we as a church that know you and experience your goodness and have reaped the abundance of your blessings, I pray that you show each of us how we can better serve the people around us so that they too may experience your love, the greatest gift, regardless of what's under the tree, knowing you and what you have done for us, defeating sin on the cross so that we may be in right relationship with you and have everlasting life is the greatest possible gift that God lets us know that we can freely give. It doesn't cost us anything but time and there's no room to fear because you are good and your plans are for our good. We give you this Sunday. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.